Take off, hosers, because you might put your eye out with this podcast. Hello and welcome back to A Plus Podcast. I'm your host, D.L. McDonald, and today I will be counting down the top five of my favorite Canadian films of the 1980s. And it's not just me. I thought, I mean, you can't just go on my recommendations alone, really. I'm not that bright. <laughs> so I brought along with me John H. Foote, who is a Canadian film critic. He was my film history teacher at the Toronto Film School, and he has a vault of knowledge up in that cranium of his. Wait until you hear him spank me with his recommendations. He makes me look like a complete fool. So sit back, relax, and take notes. You'll probably learn a thing or two about some Canadian films you have never heard of. I know I certainly did. And these films are definitely worth a look. So let's get on with it. Here's me, <laughs> D.L. McDonald, with John H. Foote. How are you, Mr. John H. Foote? Very well, Dan. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Good. Uh, and I'm happy to have you. You uh, contacted me, said uh, you'd be interested in doing some stuff. If I Absolutely. Ever Absolutely. Happy to help. And so um, I'm just adjusting my so, list. I, I I didn't know it was just from the '80s. I thought it was of all time. Oh, so I'm uh, I'm oh, just no. ramping some things up different. <laughs> <laughs> You're making me work. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> You're gonna on the fly change everything. That's I, okay. I am ready. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> it shows off my historian gifts, I guess, doesn't it? <laughs> All right. Yeah, I assume we. Oh, I wanted to do from the '80s so that we could also do '90s, knots and knots uh, another time. No, absolutely good idea. Uh, more, uh, more uh, podcasts for everybody. Okay. Now I'm going to do a quick thing. I got a blank piece of paper here. I'm going to write down what I assume one video you will have on your list. Okay. So uh, I think I know you pretty well. And I know your taste. You're taking a big risk. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So uh, you have to keep you have to keep in mind with Canadian film. A lot of people just see what's released in the theaters. I see everything. <laughs> so there's some great films that people probably aren't even aware of. Well, that's why we're doing this. Mm -hmm. Let the people know. Uh, I had two guesses. I chose one. It'll, it might go one or the other way, but uh, we'll see how okay, I we'll see how you do. Um, did you want to just tell the people a little bit about yourself, your uh, credentials? How did you become a film critic? Oh boy, by accident, really. I've I've probably been a film critic since I was twelve. My dad was very instrumental in getting me involved in movies, loving movies. Um, quick story. He used to put my brothers and I to bed at seven o'clock on Friday night and wake us up at 1115 for the start of Fright Night Theater. 
Oh. And we'd get up and watch old Universal Monster movies on a, a Buffalo cable station. And it was great. There's such warm, great memories. And he took us to a lot of films, you know, Bonnie and Clyde. When There were no kids going to see Bonnie and Clyde. Dad took us. Planet of the Apes, the Ten Commandments, took us to see everything. And I got hooked. I got hooked. And still am, obviously. I, I know for a fact that you're hooked. I remember yes. sitting in your film classes and you would go like you didn't have you didn't have paper in front of you but you would list dates people directors everything <laughs> and I had to... my wife my wife used to call movies she would say they're, they're john's heroine and she's probably absolutely right <laughs> yeah all right let's get in to the uh our top five okay so uh i'll start with number five on my list uh, now, if I told you a Canadian movie had a Maury Chaik and Saul Rubinek, Peter Donnett, and Christopher Plummer, would you believe it was a comedy? I would. <laughs> well, uh, people didn't think it worked well as a comedy. Uh, it also starred uh, Richard Harris and Beverly D'Angelo. So I chose High Point as uh, my number five pick. Some guys will fall for anything. Take this one. The FBI promised him adventure. He fell for it. We should bloody surrender. This girl promised him romance. He fell for it. And the mafia promised him his life. He fell for it. High point. You find high point, we find the money. Find high point, and we find Hatcher. Richard Harris, Christopher Plummer, and Beverly D'Angelo in High Point. Uh, surely it's not a great movie, but uh, the story goes Plummer faces, uh, fakes his own death after embezzling money from both the CIA and the Mafia. And Harris then begins working for Plummer's family, mainly keeping an eye on his sister, played by D'Angelo, but soon gets caught in between the CIA and the Mafia's attempt to find the money once uh, Plummer resurfaces. Uh, so yeah, it wasn't a great movie. You could tell that it was a comedy at one point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they they switched the soundtrack so it was more of a thriller, uh, <laughs> despite what was happening on screen. Uh, although uh, I had to choose it simply because of uh, the finale in the CN Tower. Uh, it's very anxiety ridden, and it's capped with the Dar Robinson's big stunt off of the tower at the end. Well, you're right. It is. It's got some great scenes in it, you know, and that that stunt off the tower is certainly one of them. And it's it's absolutely Canadian. You know, the CN Towers there. It's just that there's American actors populating it, which was pretty common in the mm -hmm. 1980s. Uh, so is that a bad start? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. It's it's actually a movie that's really forgotten and kind of a shame it's forgotten because it. Uh, it did have an identity, a Canadian identity, which a lot of Canadian films don't have. So it's refreshing, refreshing that you chose that one. Oh, my number, my number five is the Gray Fox. Is that you, Nat? Yep. I think we're being robbed. You're being robbed. Much less worldly than than you think. Are you indeed? 
my age the future don't mean too much unless you're maybe thinking about next week i realize something about myself i've got ambitions in me that just won't quit um a, a western directed by bill or telling the story of bill minor who was an old gunfighter tossed in jail for 30 years for robbing stagecoaches. And when he got out of prison, he went to see a movie. He was interested in these moving images, so he went to see it. And the movie he went to see was The Great Train Robbery. And it's a blow-by-blow description of how to rob a train. And he immediately left the theater and began robbing trains. Oh, and he was, a gen- he was a gentleman. He never shot anybody. He, he'd point the gun, but he wouldn't use it. And he's played in the film by Richard Farnsworth, who was, like you, was a stuntman for uh, for years before he got an acting gig in a film called Comes a Horseman. And he got an Academy Award nomination. And he won the Genie Award for this performance. It's uh, it's just a beautiful, lyrical movie and a rarity for Canada, a Western. Go figure. Yeah. I love it. That sounds amazing. It is. It is amazing. Certainly not one I've seen, but definitely one I couldn't look up. Put it on your list. Yeah. Uh, my number four pick, uh, legendary Newfoundlander Gordon Pinson pens, directs, and stars alongside Jackie Burroughs in a truly newfie tale, uh, John and the Missus. John, this is the only way. What is it? To pack up the town. Home. Jeez, the next thing you know, they'll say we weren't here at all, that we didn't have names down in the mine. But we were moles or worms or nothing but a lie like everything else. You come in here and it's your say. Not ours. Yours. You're ready. Well, we're not ready. Now, John. No, listen now. Yes, you listen, Tom. Because you knew where this was going, buddy. You knew. I mean, Jesus, we're not here. Where are we? How the hell do you resettle? That's like jumping up and down all your life, isn't it? It might be all right for you fellas. I can't make up your minds where you want to be, but we made ours up a long time ago around here. It's a great film. Yeah, from 1986. And it was based on uh, his book that he put out, Gordon. A novel. Uh, It's about uh, the mining town of Copper Bay. And they're trying to be bought out, but Pinson stands against the corporation and tries to rally the town. Uh, two genie wins, uh, best score and best lead actor for Pinson. And it was certainly, because I'm from the East Coast, I'm not from Newfoundland, but it was definitely a movie that, uh, with a story that resonated because the death of the mining industry uh, can very much be the death of the town. And it was very clear that uh, Pinson uh, felt strongly about the narrative. Uh, about a man who was uh, really struggling to keep his roots in that town. Yes. yes. Everybody wanting to leave and people coming in and talking about the Americas, other big cities. And he's such a wonderful actor, such a naturalistic, beautiful actor, you know, and he maintained that his entire career. Yeah, he's one of the greats. He is that. He is that. My number four choice is The Decline of the American Empire. Hello, Roger. Chambre 216 du Moselle Continental. Je suis avec un ami ici, là, puis finalement, c'est très excitant. Alors, je vais passer la nuit ici. Alors, je t'appelle pour pas que tu t'inquiètes. Pierre, le mensonge est la base de la vie amoureuse, comme c'est le ciment de la vie sociale. 
L'amour, c'est comme le piano, il faut pratiquer. Moi, les meilleures amoureuses que j'ai eues, c'était toujours celles qui avaient le plus baisé. Toujours. Which was the big breakthrough for Denis Arcane, a, a French-Canadian filmmaker. It was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Foreign Language Film, which is ridiculous because English-language films from Canada can't be nominated because they're not foreign language, which is stupid. Now they can because they finally changed the rules just last year. But this was an exceptional film, but a group of intellectuals who just gather and talk about sex, literature, alcohol, drugs, and they're so fun to watch. It's almost a Canadian big chill. They grew up together, and they've all had affairs with each other. They've all slept with each other, and they're familiar with each other. And in 2003, Arcan made a sequel to this that's actually better than the original film called The Barbarian Invasions, which won the Academy Award. For foreign language film. So, Decline of the American Empires it was a brilliant movie, well worth a watch. I figured you'd uh, throw something like that in there. <laughs> uh, my number three pick is also a French movie. Uh, it's a pull no punches look at the life of a con who needs to fight against the blackmailing cops and the desire to be a better son to his dying father, uh, Night Zoo. <laughs> I'd be surprised with the small hand she's got. Little whore. Be capable of bearing more than two milligrams. To think it'll justify only a small article they'll write in a shit rig. Prostitute dies from an overdose. Masterpiece. Great choice. Oh, yeah. You didn't think I'd pull that one out, did you? <laughs> I, I didn't think you'd put that one on there. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Uh, so it stars uh, Gilles Mahou, uh, Roger, Roger Labelle, Germaine Hood, uh, Lauren Brass, and Lynn, Ad Lynn Adams. Uh, and like I said, Mahou is the uh, newly released Marcel or Michael in the English dub. And he tries to repair the, his relationship with his prostitute girlfriend and his father, all while being pursued by two corrupt cops for drug money. Mm -hmm. And it had 13 genie, uh, genie wins. Best picture, art design, cinematography, costume, directing, editing, overall sound, sound design, original score, original song, screenplay, supporting actor for Hood, and a lead actor for LaBelle. Yeah. 14 noms, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, LaBelle took it over Mahou for the uh, lead actor. The director was a real bad boy. He just kind of exploded out of uh, out of Quebec, and he died. He yeah. died just a short time after making two films. And this was this was a knockout. I saw this at uh, what used to be the Festival of Festivals, and it just kicked butt. I mean, it was a furious cop film, just brilliant in every level. Great choice. I'm impressed. Oh, thank you. What did you hear at number two? <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. But yeah, I thought it was very shocking uh, to to see that uh, Jean-Claude, the director, had uh, passed away in the uh, yes. plane crash. Yes. Yeah, very young. Very smart guy. Yeah, it's a shame that his uh, career was cut so short. It was. Uh, Hollywood was calling, too. You know, they wanted him down there. 
and his girlfriend was in the plane. Uh, yes. Marie Soleil, a lot of French uh, children probably knew growing up. My number three choice is a horror film, um, The Changeling, directed by Peter Madak. Within this old house live two residents. One of them is John Russell, composer, professor. The other has been dead for over 70 years. Claire, I'd like to talk to you about the house. Did you die in this house? How did you die? Whatever it is, it's trying desperately to communicate. What is it in that house, Claire? What is it doing? Why is it trying to reach me? George C. Scott and Trish Vandeveer play. Uh, she's the real estate agent. He's the famous musician whose daughter and wife have been killed in a car accident. And he moves into this creepy old mansion and almost immediately starts hearing things. And I'll tell you, it's the only movie I've seen in my life where a rubber ball scared the hell out of me. There's a scene where his little girl always played with this rubber ball and it comes bouncing down the stairs. How it got out of where he kept it, no one knows. He picks it up, drives it to a lake, throws it in the lake, comes home, walks in the door, and the damn thing comes bouncing down the stairs again, soaking wet. And I nearly climbed out of my chair when I saw that scene. It's, it's a big old ghost story, a big boo movie, but it works on every level. It's just beautifully directed, really atmospheric. Um, the director uses the camera like a sculptor. I mean, he's just wielding in and out of the shadows and a really brilliant film and did very well, you know, at the box office. I think it did The Shining when it was first released. Oh. Yeah. That's yeah, good wild. film. Yeah. Man, you're so good at this. <laughs> <laughs> Doing it a long time, Dad. <laughs> well, uh, my second choice, uh, and now it's probably an important time for me to emphasize that these are just my favorite films. <laughs> <laughs> they're Be my, brave. Make they're your my favorite Yeah, my favorite films. They're not the best films. They're not groundbreaking. Uh, <laughs> they're films that resonated with me. <laughs> and if uh, John H. Foote has a problem with that, then the H must stand for hoser. <laughs> Because my number two pick is Strange Brew. Something evil is brewing. And it isn't Elsinore beer. Here, an unsuspecting Aris has become the innocent pawn of a diabolical genius. At his command, space-age super lasers that can incinerate an entire metropolis. An army of deadly hockey warriors. At his fingertips... Lots of beer. Just one more test, and then we are ready for the world. What fool dares stand in his way? Good day, I'm Bob McKenzie. This is my brother, Doug. How's it going, eh? Welcome to our movie. <laughs> Rick Moranis, Dave Thomas, Max von Sydow, Paul Dooley, and Lynn Griffin. <laughs> Uh, it's about the uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie from SCTV, and they get a job at the Elsinore Brewing Company, where they stumble onto an Hamlet-inspired murder plot, which also has mind-controlled psych patients. What do you think? <laughs> what else can you say about Strange Brew? <laughs> you just said it all. I like that it... Uh... <laughs> no, I don't. I don't like any of this. I hated it. 
I'm not going to lie. I like that they made a movie with Doug and Bob McKenzie. That's yeah. it. That's as much as I'm going to say. <laughs> I was very shocked to hear um, the father uh, is voiced by Mel Blanc. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing his own Canadian character that sounds a lot like Yosemite Sam. <laughs> yes, it did, which was kind of funny. You know, I'll, I'll give you that. Interesting choice, Dan. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> My number two is uh, a Christmas story. In this modern age, perfect. too many people have lost sight of the true meaning of Christmas. Mom! Hush! Shut up, Ralphie! So now, in the spirit of the original... I made you! Stop! Tradition. American Christmas. Thanks a lot! MGM presents A Christmas Story. Which is absolutely iconic. Um, I watch it every year more than once and I've watched it every year since I think 1983, since it first came out in theaters. I love the story of Ralphie and wanting that BB gun. And I like the relationship between his dad, you know, because they, they don't have any real touching moments until the end when his father points to where the, the gun is hidden behind the tree. And the mother didn't even know the dad went out and bought it on his own. And he didn't seem to me to be that type of father, but he was. And it's got all the great moments that I guess my generation grew up with. I mean, I remember the streets looking like that at Christmas time, covered in snow. And, and I remember the department store Santa Claus and waiting endlessly in line to see the guy. And maybe they couldn't have cared less. It was get the kid in the knee, get him out quick as that. But it's very funny. It's filled with nostalgia. And it's really warm. You get a good feeling watching it. And it's endured. You know, years, 30 years later, they're still watching it. They're still digging it. My kids love this movie. So that's my number two. Yeah, it's definitely a seasonal classic for sure. Some people keep going back to, I mean, I would go back to Elf, but it's not Canadian. <laughs> Just shot here. Uh, so my number one choice uh, was an easy choice for me because I'm from Cape Breton and I spent many days visiting family up in Glace Bay. So. Uh, I had to choose the Bay Boy. Father, is it a sin not to tell on someone you know did something wrong? It was the year he discovered things every young boy should know. I want to quit school. Why? I just don't like seeing you and Pop working so hard and me doing nothing. And some things no young boy should know. That's great. Is there anything you're holding back maybe out of fear? I like to know boys. They think about girls. And it was the year he discovered love and the games that lovers play. Have a birthmark, see? Yeah. I saw what you did! Do you hear me? I saw! Lee Woolman and Kiefer Sutherland in The Bay Boy. Good film. Daniel Petrie, yeah. Uh, and it stars Kiefer Sutherland as like a struggling a kid a teenager really struggling to uh, cope with the uh, discovering girls for the first time uh being raised catholic and being an altar boy and having a visiting priest make advances on you and then also witnessing his neighbor and the uh, father of his crushes the sergeant kill someone yes uh, and, and trying to uh stay uh trying to stay um Hidden. Uh, what's the word? <laughs> he doesn't want to give out the fact that he knows that he did it, but he's also still trying to get the uh, chief to uh, 
figure out the crime. Anonymous. Anonymous. Yeah, anonymous. Oh, my God. You go. You go. <laughs> and you knew the word, and you were waiting. <laughs> I, was wait- I was hoping. I was hoping you'd get it. I figured it out. <laughs> wasn't about to happen. So that, that, that's a great choice. I love that movie. And uh, Leah Pinsett, it was her first role, too. For yes. yes. Uh, even though she doesn't say much, she also uh, was nominated for uh, Best Supporting Actor. Yes. Such as he... The- it kind of launched his career too, Keeper Sutherland. I mean, he was he was struggling at that point, and Petrie put him in the film, and he just kind of exploded after that. He was in well, he was in Hollywood two years later, making The Lost Boys. Boys so, yeah. You know, a, a good solid choice. And I definitely told Keeper when I was working with him that I like this movie. Yes, he looked at me like, "How do you know this movie?" <laughs> well, I mean, that's Canada, isn't it? How you make a movie up here, you hope it gets distribution, but it probably doesn't. And that's, to me, that's shameful. I remember, quick story, I remember going to see The Sweet Hereafter. The day after it was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Director and Best Screenplay, there were two people in the theater, my wife and me. And that was it. And that's, that's a Canadian movie that got Academy Award nominations. And it just, part of, its, part of its distribution, part of its audience. We just don't support Canadian film. And we should. Yeah. yeah my, number one, my number one choice um, was also partly uh, funded from France, a film called Atlantic City. Atlantic City. It will change every idea you ever had about winning and losing. You looked. You spilled your drink. No, no, no. You took your eyes up. You allow me to distract you. Teach me stuff. Susan Sarandon. Like what? She has the ambition. What you know. Bert Lancaster has the experience. I'll think about it. Just hand him this. I'll wait outside. Hey, you ain't trying to set me up now, are you? I'm trusting you. I left a fortune in your apartment. What are you talking about? Alone, they might not make it. Together, they might not survive. Because they're betting their lives on one big score. In 1981, which was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Picture, Best Actor, Director, and Actress, Bert Lancaster plays a, a... Kind of a shady old gangster. He was never as famous as he thought he was, who stumbles onto a big brick of heroin and starts to sell it and plays the swell, starts to romance the young woman who Susan Sarandon's so good. She goes up to him and says, Teach me stuff, meaning teach me the con, teach me how to how to be crooked. And they're crooked together until the the mobsters catch up with them and all hell breaks loose. But it's beautifully acted. Burt Lancaster won the L.A. Film Critics Award, the New York Film Critics Award. He was nominated for an Oscar. He won the Genie. It's probably the best performance of his career. And it launched Susan Sarandon away from the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which is great, but as a serious actress with Atlantic City. So that's that's my number one, Dan. Oh, man. <laughs> Video? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, it was that or like Dead Ringers. Like I assumed you'd have a Cronenberg in there. <laughs> you know what? I had a hard time with Cronenberg. Took me a long time to come around to him, and it's probably only happened in the last ten years. With a history of violence, loved Eastern Promises, just loved it. Um, but his early stuff, the, the gore really got to me. Videodrome, yeah, you know, it, it, it's okay. James Woods is great in it, but some of his early stuff I really didn't care for. His later stuff, I'm in. You know, I'm absolutely in anything with Viggo Mortensen. I'm there. And uh, and Dave's a nice guy. I've been interviewed Dave. He's cool. Um, I was also surprised you didn't pick something with uh, your good buddy, 
Robert Duvall in it. <laughs> the Terry well, you know, the Terry Fox story was probably number six. But let me tell you something, Terry. Even in Toronto, where there's going to be a lot of hype, remember this. Some people are going to shit all over you because they don't understand what you're doing. So do you understand what I'm doing? Yeah, I think I do. Yeah. It, uh, it just, it just, Eric Pryor was very good as Terry Fox, but he wasn't great. And we needed him to be great. Mm-hmm. And even even Deval said that when they were making the film, they said he wasn't an actor and they really had to work with him. The director really had to get on him to get into character and, and be consistent. So, no, I, I couldn't choose that. I almost chose the Bay Boy for my top five, though. One of my top five. Yeah. I'm wondering if we'd have any overlap. Uh, I'm, sure we, I'm sure we will eventually. I'm sure we will. Eventually. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, why not? Why not? Yeah, I mean that just proves that it's a good movie. Well, if we if we have overlap, I taught you well. Let's look at that one. <laughs> you were listening. There we go. Great. Thanks a lot for this, John. My pleasure. We'll we'll do the nineties next, so I'm ready. <laughs> uh, yeah. I okay, mean, I great. cannot believe you just like what the what kind of list did you have just now? Was it I had a list of the all time Canadian films, like my all time greatest. How, how many of what was on your five right now was on that list. None. None. You just made None. up a top five. <laughs> yeah, I used to the eighties, so I well, for the best of the eighties. Boom, oh boom, God. boom. I spent all week looking at movies. <laughs> uh, it's kind of the mind. It's just been doing it for so long, Dan. There you go. That's, yep. that's proof that people need to listen to the next few. Okay. Sure. Well, let me know we're going to do the next one. I'm in your steel trap of a mind. <laughs> Well, I told you you'd learn something today. I am definitely going to be looking up The Gray Fox, because that sounds like something completely up my alley, even though that was his number five pick. So thanks again to John. You can find him at his website, which is www.footandfriends.com. Just so you know, foot is spelt with an E at the end, so F-O-O-T-E andfriends.com. His website's got a bunch of different articles and even some podcasts on film of his own. Uh, As always, thank you to Oliver Eckstein for helping me with the mix. Thank you to John Foote, or John H. Foote, as he likes to be known. And please subscribe, rate, review our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, almost anywhere where you can find podcasts. And check out our pages on Facebook and on Instagram, both at A plus pod, E-H-P-L-U-S-P-O-D. So that's enough for me. And to be honest, I had to choose Bay Boy for one other reason. Peter Donnett calls out Port Hawkesbury, my hometown. Come on. That's pretty cool. Remember to say your prayers. Yes, Mom. Damn it, sake, woman. Get aboard, boy. Or she'll be answering the bus gets to Port Hawkesbury. And with that, have a good week. And I'm leaving you now with a little treat. This is Mel Block playing his, I'm sure, only Canadian character from Bob and Doug McKenzie's Strange Brew. Save one of those beers for me, eh?
going to do? What are we going to do? Brian, get him a donut. Jelly, nice jelly. Jelly donut coming. Okay, how's it? Come on. Jelly, jelly, get him over there, get him over there. Get a glass. What the hell's going on in there? I just got your beer. You take it to Oh, wait. You take it to No. You. No. Take you take it. I'm letting go. I'm going to let go. I'm going to let go. I'm letting go of the beer. You take it. No. I'm letting go. I'm letting go. Okay, then let go. Okay, fine. Dad, Bob broke your beer. No, I didn't. Doug broke it. It was you. Clean up the mess, boys. I want two hoses to get me a fresh case of beer first thing in the morning. We're going to need some money. Use the money I gave you today, you idiot. Way to go. Okay, wait a minute.